Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hello and welcome, Mark Homer here. So I'm going to be talking about the latest news stories. Okay, so the first story today is the uncertainty, the economic uncertainty that Ukraine is bringing to our domestic economic outlook. Now the big story here is the oil price, uh, gas prices, energy prices, and lots of raw materials that come out of Russia. Sanctions have gone on Russia. They can't trade in the way that they normally would. They can't export to world markets in the way that they normally would. We don't take that much oil and that much gas from Russia, but lots of the rest of the world does. And therefore, the price of it is going up. Lots of you will be, have been filling up at the petrol stations. You've probably seen petrol in the 160s, diesel in the 180s, 190. In fact, someone told me the other day they paid very near to two pounds a litre for diesel. These are huge numbers. This is the highest we have ever paid for petrol and diesel. Lots of you will be thinking, hmm, wouldn't it have been a good idea to buy an electric car? Well, <laughs> I've got a couple of friends who are feeling quite smug at the moment. So post-Omicron, we had the sort of December um, jitters when people got rather worried that Omicron was going to shut the economy down. It didn't happen. Thankfully, in the end, the South Africans were right. It was mild uh, and the virus started to ebb away. Pretty weird, isn't it? 2016, we had Brexit. Then we went into the pandemic in, in March 20, uh, not that long after settling the, the, the Brexit issue. Uh, and as soon as Omicron's finished, Vlad decides to go into Ukraine. So the big parallel here is the 1973 oil crisis. I understand that Rishi Sunak was called in to the Treasury. A group of economists last week gave him a, a history lesson, a, a sort of economics history lesson from 1973 mm -hmm. and the oil shock that happened then uh, and what the response was, what was right about the response and more importantly what they got wrong. Clearly Rishi's taken that away and I expect he and his advisors are deciding upon the correct policy response at the moment as to how to deal with this. Now interest rates are clearly going to have to go up. As oil prices and gas prices and electricity prices all go up, that feeds into all sorts of different industries. You've got all of the goods being delivered using diesel. You've got factories all up and down the country using electricity and gas, which by the way looks like it's going to something like treble over prices from about a year, 18 months ago. This is going to have a massive impact on finished goods. So all of those things you're buying from Amazon, the things you're buying in the shops, everything, you know, the, the, the fuel that you're using to, to get there, this is all going to push prices up significantly, which is going to lead to inflation. Inflation is the devaluation of money. So this year, it looks like over the next 12 months, one pound will be worth something like 90 pence. Inflation is probably going to about 10% over the next 12 months. So the Bank of England will have to respond. Interest rates will have to go up. Are they going to go sky high like in the 70s? Well, I think that's one of the things that the economists were saying to Rishi caused the big problem for the UK in the 70s. I suspect 
Um, he and the Monetary Policy Committee mm -hmm. at the Bank of England want to resist double-digit interest rates because um, it'll uh, growth will fall off a cliff, um, economic activity will probably end up reducing, we'll go back into recession, and actually in some ways that'll sort of re reduce the inflation bug. So I wonder if they're trying to develop other policy responses in conjunction with increasing interest rates in order to put a cap on this inflation. Clearly there's going to be some uh, inflation or a lot of inflation after this shock. I don't know, maybe it's a, a sort of three year run, something like that. Maybe that's what they'll be trying to contain it to. Um, maybe they'll have to sort of reverse the quantitative easing, sort of do the opposite uh, and, and cancel a lot of the bonds which they've, they've sort of issued. But the policy responses, I suspect, are being developed right now. Wages are going to go up. If you own investment property or you've got lots of debt, well, this might not be a bad time for you. 10% uh, inflation means that your debt is actually reducing by 10% in real terms. Who needs repayment mortgages when you've got inflation at 10%? There is always a silver lining. For those who think that investing in 2022 is pointless, I would say this. If you put a pound into a savings account now, in a year's time, it'll be worth 90 pence. Maybe the bank compensates you by paying you 1% interest, which means you've got 91 pence. <laughs> Whereas when you put it in, you had a pound. So you're down by 9 pence or 9%. If you go and invest in real assets, equities, property, gold, things that have a real value, real intrinsic value, over time, as you get an inflationary environment, those asset values should go up. So you will be compensated for the reduction in uh, the value of pound sterling or dollars by increases in the price of, say, houses or equities. Or So investing during periods of high inflation is essential. So the next story is that petrol prices could reach £2.50 a litre with diesel at £3 a litre. This is um, quite uh, astounding. Some experts told the MPs yesterday on Monday uh, that petrol and diesel may even be rationed. I understand about a sixth of our diesel comes from Russia. Um, so there will be an impact there as well. Do I think this is definitely happening? No. Um, the oil price did drop back a little bit today. We're at about £100 a barrel for Brent crude today. I think it hit maybe 120, 125. Um, so there has been some moderation. It probably has reduced, come off about 20, 25% from the peak. Um, so is this definitely happening? No. Uh, will it happen? It may do. Uh, what are we going to do about it? Well, I suppose we could start driving electric cars, as I've just mentioned. We might all have to start driving a, a little bit less. Uh, we might also have to start car sharing uh, or using the train a little bit more uh, or using the bus. Um, so this could be an interesting period, but I suspect electric car sales will go up even more. The demand for electric cars is, is going to go nuts, I suspect. Uh, in response to this. I think values of diesel and petrol cars are certainly not going to be doing as well as electric cars um, in the near term. Uh, clearly car prices are all quite high because there is a lack of supply, factories have been shut, they can't get components. 
and um, that's starting to write itself uh, but I think you'll see the firmest residuals or the firmest used prices uh, and you know the, the, the least stock available on electric cars versus sort of diesel and, and petrol cars um, you may actually start to see more and more of them becoming available and the prices getting keener and keener. Is it going to affect the owners of supercars um, that do I don't know one to two thousand miles a year? Um, I suspect not they'll probably just drive them a little bit less frequently they're probably not doing major miles in them um, and they probably just ride it out because I suspect in a couple of years we'll have more price stability in oil, petrol, diesel and energy markets and we may be looking back on this period with a little bit more of a calm temperament. Another big story at the moment is the noise which Rishi and Boris are getting uh, to try and encourage them to delay the national insurance uh, rise. Um, what do I think about this? Well, um, clearly if you spend lots you need to pay for it. Does this rise actually raise that much? Well, I think it's less than 20 billion a year it's going to increase. Um, during COVID, uh, they spent an extra 400 billion um, on uh, defending the economy, <coughs> buying PPE, <coughs> supporting the NHS, uh, <coughs> senior management. Um, if this was me, I think there is a, a much simpler solution to balancing the books, and that is to spend less. Um, all of the inefficiency that goes on in Whitehall, all this working from home, all of the money they keep piling into the NHS for them not to perform operations and to spend on these tiers of management. Um, you know, I, I, I actually know a management consultant who works within the NHS, uh, been there many, many years. I continuously hear of all the inefficiency and all of the waste uh, and all of the uh, people who are just sort of in positions uh, defending their position. Um, rather than actually trying to make uh, the NHS work more efficiently and better for its patients. So I think that is where they need to focus uh, rather than putting taxes up. Um, if we think of the Laffer curve, as you put taxes up, it gets to a certain level, maybe around 40-50% uh, where it is actually counterproductive to put taxes up any further. You take less in tax as taxes go higher. So uh, I'm beginning to wonder whether this national insurance rise is actually more of a, a political statement, i.e. lots of people like the idea of those who are earning more paying disproportionately more in tax, uh, although I think this national insurance rise will, it will affect uh, people at all ends of the pay scale. Um, I'm not sure that it's going to raise that much money for the exchequer. So that's been my analysis of the markets, inflation, interest rates, Ukraine, national insurance rise. Hope you found it useful and gives you a few ideas as to how to rebalance your life and your business to prosper over the coming months. That has been Mark Homer, over and out. <music>